0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moscow with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? As I said in the previous podcast, I'm going to try and cover as many sports as possible. And this week, we're doing just that. We've done football. We've talked to the commissioner of the CIF. We've talked cross country. This week, we're going to talk girls volleyball. Joining me this week on Believe is West Ranch High School and legacy club outside hitter, Allison Jacobs. Allison, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Let's get started with how you got started in sports. As a young kid, you played just about everything, multiple sports. What did you like about that?
1: Well, yeah, playing uh, definitely. I started playing with soccer, and my dad was my coach all through elementary school. Uh, definitely, my favorite thing about it was probably my coach as my dad. He was so fun, and uh, looking back now, my favorite part is just the fact that I think it contributed so much to my coordination. Now, just getting started so young, definitely had an impact.
0: And your family's always been big into sports. Your mom's an athlete, your dad being a very, very good football player at heart and then UCLA. Do you have any idea how, dad, how good your dad was or does he just gotta keep that quiet?
1: Um, I love asking him about it and I always prompt him to try and get stuff out of him, but he does keep it pretty close, which I appreciate. He tries to be humble, but it's definitely fun to learn about.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, he was good. And, and if there was YouTube back then, you could probably go on and find him. Oh, what, yeah, influence be cool. they, what influence did they have on you? Did they pressure you into anything specific or did they just let you make your own decisions?
1: Definitely. I would never use the term pressure. They put all three of us into sports at a young age, but if we didn't enjoy the sport, they did not force us to keep going. Like, Uh, My sister stopped soccer early. My brother stopped soccer early, but I enjoyed soccer more, so I took it longer. Like, there was no pressure, but they put us in and gave us the option, which obviously worked out well for us.
0: That's worked out for all of you. Now, because your dad was a football player, did he take that football attitude into coaching, and do you – and your sister and Katie and, and your brother. I know your brother plays football, but did you guys take that attitude onto the soccer field or onto the volleyball court or anywhere else?
1: Yeah, it was interesting seeing um, him like change as a coach because obviously you're coaching like first grade girls. You can't have too much of an like an aggressive football attitude. But I see I see his football mindset come out more as I grew up because I could see how driven he was back then, and it, he still is just as driven. And I learned from that more than I did um, the aggression and everything that comes with football.
0: Entering high school, three sports, volleyball, soccer, high jump, long jump. What did you learn from that experience of playing three high school sports? Because it's very odd that we see that nowadays. And how hard was it to juggle all of that as well as playing club volleyball?
1: Yeah, I'd say the hardest part, the hardest juggling time was during club soccer, no, um, high school soccer, because high school soccer is the same time of, as club volleyball, but, uh, luckily I've been, I, bef- before freshman year, I had been juggling multiple sports like my entire life so it wasn't anything super new but it was definitely new coming into a high school sport atmosphere where everything you practice every day there's crowds there's more pressure because you're at school and you're representing your school and all that um luckily the sport I mean the track coach was super nice about practice so that wasn't too much of an issue but definitely the high school soccer club volleyball thing was um made me learn some new time management for sure.
0: Well, yeah, and it's tough for kids because you go from junior high school, you know, you're playing club, you're doing all that, you're not doing anything with your school, and now you've got all of this school stuff being pulled on you and the adjustment to high school. Academically, how was the adjustment for you?
1: Luckily, freshman year, I got really good teachers, which was helpful, but I don't think anything can really prepare you for the academic wave of high school because – Rancho Pico uh, academics were doable, but going into freshman year, you enter those AP classes, you enter those honors classes, and it really just it hits you pretty hard. And you have if you don't adjust quickly, then you're going to go down. You're going to go downhill. But uh, I think I did pretty well adjusting.
0: Yeah. And you were the first player in the history of the volleyball program to start as a freshman. What was that like for you? Were you intimidated? Did having your sister on the team help at all?
1: Um, I wouldn't say. I, I don't think I've ever been intimidating. intimidated. But having my sister on the team just created, like, a different dynamic. Uh, on one side, it gave me more confidence to, like, be the player that I am because luckily she was my setter, which was super cool that, like, we could d- develop a connection. But it was also very humbling because I had to develop this whole new respect because that senior class was so strong. And I had to give them their space. And I found my own role on the team as a freshman. But luckily, I had an impact as well.
0: How cool was it to play with your sister? And what advice did she give you throughout that year?
1: Playing with my sister, I, I'm so excited I got the chance because that was our only opportunity to ever play with each other. And she never really gave me direct advice. But definitely, right as you asked me that question, I went back to my thoughts of, watching her lead the team. I learned so much from her and I learned how I learned how to balance the line of being too harsh and being friendly and being a strict leader but still being kind and all that stuff. She really taught me a lot about leading as a captain.
0: Was there a little bit of a sibling rivalry between you two?
1: Yeah, definitely. Every once in a while Katie would snap at me or I might snap at her and, and our whole team would be like, kind of get quiet and tense, but it was all okay eventually.
0: And it made dinner conversations that much more interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, Did you ever say, hey, Katie, you know, maybe maybe you could set me a little bit more instead of someone else? You know, we do share a room or share a house.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know if I ever asked her to set me more, but I would definitely, like, critique the set if it needed to be set. But I respected her choices as a setter.
0: And freshman, you'd make second team. Sophomore, you make first team all-foothill league. Then the recruiting process starts. Mm -hmm. 80's going to UCLA. Your dad played there. Your mom went there. Was there pressure on you to commit there? And what was the whole recruiting process like for you?
1: Recruiting process for me was pretty insane. I actually went on my first uh, low-key, unofficial visit to UCLA as a seventh grader. So I have been with UCLA for a while now, getting to know the coaches, but The pressure was, it was like a silent pressure. It was like unspoken because my parents wanted me to go wherever I felt happy. Same with Katie, same with everybody. But in the back of my head, I always kind of knew I wanted to go to UCLA, but I would regret if I, I would regret not visiting other places because maybe another place was more home for me than UCLA. But with the whole family lineage and everything, uh, the recruiting process was really stressful, but it was helpful that I had my dream school 30 miles away from me, definitely.
0: And how much did Katie and your dad, who obviously went through it as a football player, how much did they help you, guide you, and advise you through the whole thing?
1: Um, It was interesting. I don't think – Katie didn't take a huge role in my recruiting process, but my dad and my mom definitely – My dad went to Washington with me, my mom went to Notre Dame with me, my parents went to Michigan with me, and they really took an objective point of view, which was very appreciated because, yes, they wanted me to be happy, but they helped me with my pros and cons list, they helped me with my letters, they helped me with my emails, they helped me with my highlight video, so they were definitely super in the process, but never once did they make me lean one way or another.
0: What was the deciding factor for you? You you go to Notre Dame, great school, great academic mm-hmm. school. Washington is, it's just beautiful up there. You go to Michigan, they've got some great academic programs. What was the deciding factor for you to say, I want to become a Bruin?
1: Well, definitely those top four, I eventually narrowed it down to Notre Dame, Michigan and UCLA because academics were a huge priority for me. And then I narrowed it down to Michigan and UCLA. And, I took a step back and thought, can I really be so far away? And what is Michigan? And in my head, I thought about it as uh, Michigan is UCLA for me, but in Michigan. So why would I go all the way over there? I have my dream school. I have my home right at UCLA. So that was pretty much it.
0: And you can always come home on the weekends for a nice home-cooked meal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) What skills – you played soccer, you ran track. What skills helped you – from those two sports to become a better volleyball player
1: going into volleyball like raw i found that my speed i think that i developed through soccer oh and track definitely helped and more like the fast twitch fibers especially when i played keeper for soccer i eventually was a keeper on my club team and those translated super fast especially for defense it blocking a ball out of the goal is practically the same thing as keeping it off the ground as fast as you can. As long as you get there, you get there. So that definitely helped.
0: What did you, what do you miss about the other sports? Because you see a lot of kids, they they get pressured to play one sport by either a club coach or a high school coach. What do you miss about soccer and about track?
1: I definitely miss soccer more than anything. I I even consider playing this year again, just because I miss it so much. I miss this my, people think I cr- think I'm crazy when I say this, but I actually miss running, just like straight running on the soccer field, do warming up with your team and all that. But just the fact I also miss that um, the contact, I did enjoy the contact sport that was soccer. Um, but my entire soccer experience, I grew up with it, my coaches were all amazing. My best friends are all from my soccer teams. So everything about soccer is just positive in my life, so I miss literally everything about it.
0: I I bet if you called Jared White right now and said, hey, Jared, I want to play keeper for you this year, I don't think he'd argue with you.
1: (laughs) Probably not.
0: Um, You play both club and high school, and a lot of people say the club sports, the travel sports, it's a higher level than high school. Do you find that to be true? And for you, what are the biggest differences between it?
1: Oh, I 100% find that true. Um, Biggest differences for me um is is adjusting to the different um levels of play but it's also just a d- different dynamic because you are practicing every day so you get more time with your team you get more time to develop systems you get to know the girls a little bit more but it's also interesting because club you do spend a lot of time like you have overnight tournaments and all that stuff so the dynamics between the girls are always different and just the fact that for club you only have so much time to practice so it's almost like practice time is a little bit more valuable than in high school because you practice more in high school.
0: Is the intensity different? Like at club, you're playing in tournaments, you're in front of parents, maybe there's some college coaches. But at your high school, you're in front of your students. The The kid that sits next to you in math class may be out there rooting for you. Do you find that representing your school is a little bit more intense and the crowds are a little bit more intense?
1: It's. It's. I would say it's a different kind of intensity because – it's more fulfilling in a sense because I come into school with, like, a persona and it's cool that my my classmates get to come watch me and, like, they get to develop their own opinions versus just, like, other outside opinions that they might have from people talking about club ball or just outside things. It's definitely f- more fulfilling. Intensity-wise, I think they're both – I think it's as intense as you want it to be. It's intense. It depends on what kind of athlete you are. Um, in my opinion every game is as intense it, it, every game is a must win game so for me because intensity is objective
0: because you want to bring your best every game you're a high level athlete you don't want to say oh it's just a high school game you know you you want to win you guys want to win a foothill league championship and you want to go out and put your best foot forward every single time you step on the court exactly um, in the summer of 2017 you competed in the USA volleyball high performance championship in Fort Lauderdale, finishing in third place. Mm-hmm. You were in a division that included 18 and 19 year old girls and you were named to the all tournament team. How cool was that? And how interesting was it playing against girls that were 18 and 19 years old?
1: It was definitely a memorable experience playing against, playing against the older girls was extremely intimidating and When I said before, I don't really get intimidated, but seeing these girls walk in that are two, three years older than you, two, three inches taller than you, they've been playing volleyball for longer. It was definitely scary, but it was so cool because I remember how much my team as a unit rose to the occasion and getting third was like such a big deal. We weren't expected to get third at all. So doing that was definitely an accomplishment.
0: What intimidated you about that? Just the size or the experience, or the speed of play.
1: I would say size was pretty big for me. I'm I'm only five eleven, and I was five eleven in twenty in 2017, and that's that's pretty small for volleyball, especially high level volleyball. Like these girls roll in at, you have two outsides on the other side of your court, and they're both six two and six three, and you've never played people this big. It's it, it's definitely a different game, and the size uh, comes along with the speed of play because they can play so much higher Then you have to play higher and you have to jump higher and you have to find different swings and all that stuff. It's big adjustment.
0: And how did you adjust? Like during a game, you see these girls that can jump out of the gym and you're smaller and you're intimidated. How did you adjust to that? And how did the team adjust? You guys end up finishing in third.
1: Well, luckily I went into the high performance champions championships with tools in my tool belt that I learned from club um, playing against shorter girls, not even shorter girls, girls my height, um, that I could use these against, but this, these same tools can translate right into a high, more high level game, so I really just had to use, like, the higher fringes of the block. I could never, I could never hit, I can never bounce 10, 10 foot line, I always had to find the hands and use them. It was definitely, it, it's a puzzle, and it still is, I still play this game with myself. It's really fun, actually, but, um. Yeah, it's just bringing your tools and adjusting them based on the situation.
0: And that's the whole mental game of everything as well. Hey, I did this. It didn't work. Now I got to find something else.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You were also named team captain of the United States team at the Norseca Games in Honduras. You won the gold. You were voted best attacker. And I read an article where you were quoted saying that the Dominican Republic did their best to put you in the worst situation possible. What did you mean by that?
1: That was actually really interesting because it, it was fascinating the way I remember I remember playing them just because of that. But in, in such a simple situation that even if they're sending a free ball over to you, which you'd expect to be easy and you'd expect to go get a kill out of it, the Nubinican Republic would find the smallest sliver on the court to make that situation hard for you. It, they, they would make the, the simple things complicated for you, and it was obviously hard to adjust, but we did. So that was good.
0: So it was one of those tactical things where they found your weakness and exploited it. Exactly. And so you beat them in the semifinals, and that had to bring you some measure of satisfaction. How cool was that to beat them?
1: It was it – was, I can't even describe it, just because leading up to that, our coach, Jim – all he would talk about in practice if we weren't having a good practice, he'd just bring up the Dominicans and he'd be like, the, Domin- the Dominicans are practicing like this, or they're practicing harder, they're all this stuff. They were always our reference of why we need to be better. So beating them in three in the semis, it was just like, it was like stick it to our coach and stick it to each other that we are the best and like we did this for each other and we proved ourselves.
0: And you were voted the best attacker and, and everybody wants team accolades and and everybody is for the team. But sometimes it's pretty cool to get those individual accolades. What went through your mind as, as you learned that you won that award?
1: Oh, it was so cool. It was definitely like my, the award still sits on my desk right now and I still look at it and it's pretty cool. It's because it's in Spanish too. So it's like a reminder that I did it in a foreign country, which helps. But going through my mind, it was just like, the, the entire process of Norseka and the entire process of making the team and all that is so stressful. So winning that and winning the championship was just like a deep breath that says, like, it was all worth it. Like, you did this, like, good job. Like, it's just a moment to be proud.
0: And recently you competed in Egypt as part of Team USA, won another gold medal. What's yes, it like sir. traveling around the world, competing for your country, and wearing the letters USA across your chest?
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's surreal. Every time someone asks me this, I've never even found a way to articulate my words because just standing there in line before a match and the, the little, the ball people from Egypt that come out holding your flag and then the national anthem plays and you stand there and you sing it as loud as you can, like every time I got chills and like we do it all together and my parents were there, which was amazing too. Like they got to do it. They got to see it all. It's just, it. it's 100% a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience that I will remember forever.
0: And you see, you know, the people in whatever sport, and they constantly talk about how cool it is to represent your country and and do something. Do you plan on trying to make an Olympic team in the near future?
1: Yes, uh, 100%. That's been my dream since, like, seventh grade. I want to play in the Olympics, and... Uh, my Olympic year that my goal is, and the ideal year, it would be 2028 in LA, which would be pretty cool
0: because it's home. That, that would be awesome. I Okay, I, I get tickets.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: That, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. You know, you're in your hometown, you're competing for your country, you win a medal, that that would be awesome. Definitely. But now that you're back with your high school team, how easy or difficult was the adjustment Coming back to them after Egypt. Well,
1: luckily, I experienced this last year. I'm after Naseka. It's pretty similar this year after Egypt because, um, because I did it before, done it before. But it, it's it's an immediate adjustment that I, I've learned to kind of shut that side of my head off. I can think about it. I can learn from it. I can do all that stuff. But this is a completely different game. Back at high school, I have to readjust myself to the girls and readjust myself to their abilities. And I'm not playing, I'm not playing with my USA teammates anymore. So I have to just play my different game, be a different leader. It's, it's, it's every single nuance is different. And it's just, it's, it's a different side of me.
0: Does it sometimes frustrate you that maybe the girls on the high school team aren't at the level of the travel of the teams you played on representing the United States?
1: Yes, but that's why I've learned to just like kind of shut that off over there on the, this side of my head because I love the girls anyways, and it, it's it, it's a new challenge every day, um, learning their game and and making them better too. My coach always talks to me about how even if even if they might not be making making me a lot better, I'm making them ten times better. So it, it's
0: very rewarding. And you, do you take a? I was going to ask, do you take a leadership role with them and? Do they come to you for advice, or do you just kind of give it freely, or do do you hold back and wait?
1: Um, I I think that they look to me as a role model. I normally don't hold back on my advice, but I have learned that these girls sometimes don't respond very well. Some of them, like I've I've learned their like each individual difference, but. Sometimes my intensity has to get a little bit lower than I want it to be just because maybe they're not as competitive as me or they're just not mentally in it. Just like like my USA teammates, like everywhere I went or every, no matter what it was, practice, game, we were all in it. And if we snapped at each other, nobody would get offended. But I've adjusted because sometimes I could snap or get too caught up in the moment and maybe they won't adjust as well as my other teammates.
0: And then hopefully down the line they learn how to adjust because then you've played at that really high level and everybody says they want to play at that high level. Maybe that will get them to up their game a little bit.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen progression for sure.
0: You guys are competing for a league championship, which according to my records, West Ranch has not won since your freshman year, correct?
1: Correct. And that and freshman year was my only win, like ever.
0: And you won that with with Katie. Yes. But right now you guys are off to a pretty good start. You beat Canyon. You beat Saugus. You beat Golden Valley. But this week you got Valencia and Hart. What are the keys to you guys winning these two games and putting yourself on top of the Foothill League?
1: Well, I think we wa- we watched some film on the on Hart and Valencia, and I definitely think it's a doable match. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard fought, but today in practice we had a big emphasis on defense, uh, defense and effort. Really, it's like because the matchup well, like the we match up well skill wise. So if we just go out and give our full effort and give and go for every ball and have our blocking schemes match up well, then we should be well. We should be good, but. um that's really our emphasis is the effort and the defense for sure.
0: And then, you know, but you got to take one game at a time, obviously. You don't want to mm-hmm. go looking ahead saying, okay, you know, we we got this game because you don't want to take anybody lightly. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah, especially because this is a tough league. I mean, there's – I think that there's a, a top tier and then there's a, you know, the, the, the bottom tier, which I think are, you know, the, the, the those other three schools. Um your coach comes from a legendary volleyball family. What does he bring to the table as a coach as far as preparing you guys for games, whether it's schematically, mentally? And, and what aspects does he bring from his college playing experience?
1: Well, I think he does an amazing job drawing from every single aspect of his volleyball career. He never really narrows it down to like, only volleyball, only college stuff, only high school stuff. He he talks about his club team all the time. He, he talks about lessons he learned in high school, lessons he learned in college. Um, a, col- uh, a college example that he always references is the blue curtain. So, like, if you're behind the blue curtain, you're not on the starting lineup at all. So he just talks about, like, the battle of getting on the right side of the blue curtain and grinding out. Even if you're not on the starting lineup, you're still valuable. The whole concept of 12 versus 6, like, all this stuff he draws from he draws from all aspects and he is really good at communication which is
0: really helpful as well does he sometimes because obviously he played at UCLA and they are just ridiculously good every year does he sometimes get frustrated with knowing the level he was at and then maybe not seeing that from from girls on your team
1: i don't think so i think I think he is very, very reasonable in his frustration. He gets frustrated when he, when the girls, and including myself, don't do what he expects. Like he never has higher expectations than what is reasonable. So I think that he does a good job staying calm when he should and getting angry when he should.
0: But then you guys have expectations of yourself. Do you ever get upset with him and say, hey, coach, you got to push us a little bit more? Or maybe, hey, coach, you got to dial it back a little bit.
1: Um, I think that he has higher expectations for me than obviously the rest of my teammates. Uh, Every once in a while, I always think I wish he was a little bit harder on us, but I see his internal battle of uh, wanting to be the nice coach, wanting to be the supportive coach and wanting to be the um, like harsh running coach. Like today we ran a lot. So he, he, I see the internal battle. So I respect all of his decisions for sure. Um, I wouldn't mind a little bit harder because my USA coach was 100% hands down the hardest coach I've ever had. So coming back, it it, it is easy, but I don't know if it's as easy for the other girls too.
0: And then those are all life lessons that you get because when it comes down to it, you go to college, you, you get a boss. You're going to get people that just demand a lot more of you. And it's good that he's preparing you for that. Yeah. The crazy thing about your coach, and this is a God's honest, true story. When I was in college, his father was one of my teachers.
1: No way. Yes. Walt taught you?
0: Yes. That's so funny. Ballroom dance.
1: Oh, my goodness. I knew he taught ballroom dance. I didn't know. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yes. So you have to, if you see Walt, you have to tell him that you talked to somebody who was in his ballroom dance class way, way back in the eighties when he was coaching at Northridge.
1: Oh my gosh. I definitely will. That is so funny.
0: It's hysterical. I learned how to ball. Yep. Yep. I learned how to do all that. <laughs> That's amazing. Don't laugh and don't tell anybody else. Um, Allison. thank you so much for taking the time to join me here on Believe. Uh, it, it's been an absolute pleasure I wish you the best of luck the rest of the season at UCLA in your future and hopefully on an Olympic team in 2028, it was? Yes,
1: 28, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thank and
1: you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. Maybe I'll get out to a game and, and see you play and officially introduce myself. Sounds great. All right. Have a great rest of your day. You too. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show. We're available on all the directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. If you're interested in advertising, hit me up via Twitter at Tony Moskal or my email, TonyMoskal at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us here on Believe. And until next time, have a great rest of your day.